Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. It doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. Glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. (laughs) You don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. I have always been so fascinated by genetics. What is it that's passed on? How complex are the genetic trails? I came across a study yesterday. Now, I... I hope this is replicated. A lot of times it's very difficult to replicate these studies. I came across it, and I, I, it makes sense to me. They concluded that if your parents did not have any children, chances are neither will you. I thought it was fascinating. I don't know how much money they spent to come to this uh, conclusion, but I'm going to see if it's replicated. Nice to have you with me. Doctor is in. That's the kind of wisdom you get on this program. 877-573-7825 is the number to call to get onto the program. 877-57-EQUAL. Multiple reasons, perhaps. Question about something in your life. Question about something generically. Dr. Ray, I was at a party the other day and a horrible argument broke out. I was on one side of the argument arguing about pseudosciesis, and then the people on the other side just couldn't understand my point of view. Or if you want to offer an insight, uh, a lot of times we have folks who check in who will say that previous caller touched off something in my life. I was in a similar circumstance. Or this is what I did. Uh, The implication being, of course, Dr. Ray, you fell short in your suggestions and your thoughts that you offered. I'm a psychologist. I was at the office this morning, be at the office this afternoon. That's what I do professionally. But here on the radio, we can educate, give you ideas, give you thoughts, nuggets, not any therapy, not any diagnosis, not any stepping into another therapist's turf. 877 57 equal is the number to call. We had a lot of people on the line yesterday, and the rule always is, if you were on the line in any previous show, it's always been fascinating to me, because there are folks on the line at the end of the show. And I would say, I don't know, maybe one out of ten of them call back. That's just fascinating. I don't know if it's just a call for the time. That was the moment they had free It was the moment that it had impinged upon their thought process. Well, no. Try not to take it personal, though. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get onto the program. What is criticism? Much of the time, criticism is not you are doing something morally wrong. Criticism is... You are not doing it the way I would do it. 
I'm going to tell you why you're wrong in your approach as I see it. Why would you buy a car like that? You 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 mow your lawn when? Now, why would you why would you mow it then? Criticism I would venture to say the bulk of criticism is I'm going to give you my opinion as to why you're not doing it the right way, which by definition is the way I would do it. Now, conversely, if you give someone your opinion, ask yourself this question. Why am I doing this? It's relatively few people in our lives that we have a close enough relationship with that they truly welcome our opinions across a wide range. Relatively few, a handful. Most people in your life want your opinion if they ask for it. You've heard the phrase, if I want your opinion, I'll give it. I've seen a lot of relationships disrupted because opinions have been given that were not asked for. Furthermore, the opinions were given much more than once, even though the signals received were, don't give me your opinion, I don't want to hear it. Maybe not out loud, but a little vibe. It's delicate, bordering on dangerous, to give someone an unasked for opinion about the way they're doing things. Again, I'm not talking morality here. But even then you have to judge when it is wise or prudent. I'm talking about, I want to give you an opinion about the way you're making a decision about something. Whether it's child rearing, whether it's buying a car, whether it's an outfit, whether it's a pair of shoes, whatever it might be. Some of us are more inclined to give opinions than others, and I think it's a straightforward connection that if you give too many opinions, people retreat. Even if you're right, even if you have more knowledge about something than they do, if you give an opinion when it isn't asked for, you run the risk of telling something Somebody doesn't want to hear. Or even if they think you may have a good point, after a while they don't want to hear too many opinions. I've seen so many relationships break up, especially between generations. Parent to adult child. Grandparent to son-in-law. Break or at least come to friction because... The opinions were not asked for. My son called me about a year ago. And he said, Dad, can I ask you a question? Now, first of all, when you're a parent and you hear something like that, most of the time you're excited, except when it's about money. If it's, Dad, can I ask you a question? How much money can you give me? I said, Andrew, is this about Rosie? Now, Rosie was a three-year-old grandchild at that time. He said, yeah, it is. I said, Andrew, you want my opinion? You're asking me for my opinion? Yeah, Dad, I really want to know how you'd handle this. 
Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. All right. Just a second. Now, I emailed him something. It was a form that my attorney put together, uh, giving me permission, after he signed it, to give my opinion. Because the danger is sometimes even when people ask for your opinion, after you give it, they don't want to hear it. That's not the opinion they wanted. So I gave him my opinion. He said, thank you. And I hung up, and I just I went and cried. He asked my opinion. Actually, what I did say is, well, Andrew, I deal with that in one of my books. And get the book. Now, I only charged him half because he is my son. I want to make a whole lot of money off my son, you know. <clears throat> or I Xeroxed the pages. Oh, am I old? Xeroxed. I copied the pages that were relevant to what he asked. Dr. Ray, we, sh- we should be able to guide people. Yes, if if they're open to being guided. Well, how do you know that? Well, most of the time you can pick up the cues, especially in a relationship that's relatively every day, somebody you see a fair amount. You can pick up the cues. I've seen many people uh, struggle in the relationship because they didn't pick up the cues. And then, you know what happens? They say something that they think is a benign opinion, and the other person explodes. And they're left wondering, what kind of reaction is that for what I said? I didn't say anything that bad. I didn't say anything that threatening. Why would they erupt like that? Because we'd given too many opinions prior to that. So ask yourself this question. Is my opinion wanted? That is... Is it asked for? Is it something that would help this person? Or is it something that is simply, I do it differently? Is it a moral issue? It's a moral issue, then you might be more obliged to say some things. But much, the majority, perhaps the vast majority, of what we give people our opinions about do not have anything to do with right or wrong. They have to do with, I would do it differently. 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get onto the program. If you would like to join me here, I would welcome your calls. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything? even things you don't believe in, there are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. By asking for spiritual communion, we are acknowledging that the Holy Mass is the perfect, best way to worship God. The priest intercedes perfectly for us with God the Father because he acts in persona Christi. This is the time to see that through the priest's representation of Christ's sacrifice on Calvary, we are never separated from our Lord. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. 
This week on Christ is the Answer, Father John continues with his series on the Theology of the Body. The Theology of the Body's books and teachings were developed from five years' worth of homilies presented by Pope St. John Paul II. He preached about the dignity and beauty of our physical form, which is the image of God reflected in our very existence. Join us this week as Father John shows us the glory in our creation. Tune in for Christ is the Answer, Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Nice to have you with me. The doctor is in Monday through Friday. This is going to be one of the last times I'm going to say this because there comes a point where repetition becomes groveling. We will be in Wichita, good Lord permitting. And as I get older, I pro I proclaim a lot more good Lord permitting than I used to. Good Lord permitting. We will be in Wichita next week. 15th and 16th, Wednesday and Thursday nights, taping the last four episodes of season number 13, Living Right with Dr. Ray, the TV show on the EWTN Global Catholic Television Network. It airs on Saturday nights, 10 o'clock Eastern Time, and Tuesday morning, 9.30 Eastern Time. It is taped before a live studio audience the bigger the audience the better we have guests we have fun we have opening monologues we have the audience asking questions we have all kinds of segments we have father larry richards whole lot of stuff if you'd like to be part of it we would love you to be part of it you could like it and we love it you go to dr dr ray show Wichita.com. I went there the other night, really nicely set up. Dr. Ray Show, Wichita.com. DR Ray Show, Wichita.com. You sign up. You sign up for one show, two shows, three shows, four shows. You sign up for all you want. And you big homeschooling families, bring the kids. Bring all of them. Shoot, you'd fill up half the audience with all your kids. And it's a family show. The kids love it. And if you stay in between the program, we feed you. Now that's worth it. You got seven kids showing up and you get fed. It's worth about 40 bucks. Not a bad gig. 15th and 16th. This will be the last time we will be taping any shows for this year in Wichita. This all sprung forward when I was at the uh, Wichita Family Conference in August uh, with a whole lot of really, really neat folk. And they signed up. All right. So, let's see where we're going. Well, the calls are rolling in here. i got to take a look and see what... I'm going to let let, me let those be screened for a moment. I remember talking to my daughter, Hannah. My daughter, Hannah, is now a JAG lawyer. 
in the Army. She's a major. And Hanny was always kind of, well, she was self-driven. So I asked her, this is the first week of kindergarten, I said, Hanny, what do you think of kindergarten? She said, I'm wasting my time. I said, what's that? Why? Why? She said, I can't read. I can't write. And they won't let me talk. That's Hannah. Xavier from uh, San Antonio, Texas. I didn't realize how big San Antonio is. It's one of the top ten markets in the United States. I guess around sixth or seventh. It's it's big. Hi, Xavier. How are you? I'm doing fine, doctor. Appreciate the call. I'm doing great. Thank uh, you, sir. Well, I, I, I'm, can you hear me? Yep, gotcha. So the question I have is... Uh, I. I'm, I've got a part-time, well, I thought it was a teaching job uh, at a private school, and uh, uh, the kids have been given a voice, and that's good that the kids have a voice, but basically what, what they've told me is that, no, we don't, we don't want you to tell us, we don't want to follow your instructions, we don't, we don't need for you to tell us when we're playing something wrong. When, we do, when something is incorrect, um, we just want to have fun, and we want to we want to uh, enjoy our time together as a group. Um, but how old are these really kids, Savior? How old are school. these? High school. They're in high school. So they don't want you to give them any instruction as a teacher. Right. They don't want. They don't want a. Stru- they don't want a structure to. Uh, to what I've known to be how a music program is supposed to be developed, but they don't want it. Well, this is not a matter of you giving your opinion. This is a matter of you giving information about a subject. This is a matter of you having expertise that is far beyond theirs. So you have every right and the authority to give them this, and the fact that that's how they see it is irrelevant because you're going to do it anyway, correct? Well, I pretty much have have. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's the way I'm thinking. But um, it's a part time job, and it's it's not part of the curriculum per se. This is like an extracurricular activity. Um, so I I I'm I'm kind of at a loss, and so I I think I think I'm going to have to acquiesce to. And because I feel like I'm stealing stealing the school's money, and uh, I mean I I don't think I need to be there. Your experience and your attitude is very very common among teachers now. I saw a survey relatively recently that said 55 percent of teachers are dissatisfied with teaching. That's high. If you stay, Xavier. Ignore their attitude of you don't really have anything to tell us because uh, we know as much as you do and our opinions are as good as yours. Ignore it. Teach them what you have to teach them. It'll, it'll make it harder because they'll be resistant. They have been nicely instructed in the fact that they, they don't have to listen to anyone who may have authority or who may have knowledge. Uh, unfortunately, that's a lot of what's happening now especially among our educational system. You've got to decide. You've got to decide if you're going to stay there. And if you do stay there, 
then you're going to decide you are going to teach them regardless what they think. That's your two decisions, I think. Okay. All right, right, doctor. God bless you. I'm singing. Hey, I'm singing the same tune. All right, Xavier. Thanks, buddy. We have an anonymous caller. It says wife has an aunt, so that must be a male. Hello there, sir. Welcome to the program. Hi, Dr. A. Thanks for the call. Yeah, so basically my uh, my wife is a family member who, well, when she was younger, would express things about, like, modesty that would make her feel, like, self-conscious about the way she would go about it. And she recently brought this up to the woman was and was saying, you know, hey, when you would say those things to me, it really left me feeling self-conscious about it. And I said, well, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that prevented you from, you know, being grossly immodest or something. And then she's like, well, don't you realize like that really negatively impacted me the way you did it. And so now she's afraid, like, if we're ever around this person, are they going to say those kind of things again? Or, you know, like I, my kind of thought was, well, if you're the parents and, and you make it clear to this kid that, certain things this person says are off the wall or whatever, like go too far or whatever, then the kid will probably gravitate more toward your thinking and kind of brush it aside. But um, my wife's a little bit more afraid this person's going to say something that's going to be problematic for the kid. So your wife is saying that my aunt did this to me. I don't want her doing it to our children. Right. And she, aunt, she's and like, he, I could tell her not to say anything, but she's like, but I don't think I can trust that if she doesn't see what's wrong with saying it, she's going to flip up and say it. That's the kind aunt, of my wife's mentality. Has the aunt done this over time? In other words, your wife says, yeah, I got stung pretty good by her comments about me when I was a kid. Is your wife saying she still does it? I guess she's seen, she's seen her do it kind of in more... A little bit more moderate ways, but not like, I guess not as, well, but then I guess she's also heard from other family members that she still kind of will use the same kind of language in addressing these things with people closer to her in the family. You're saying disparaging language, not a matter of gentle instruction, a matter of uh, semi-put-down. Yeah, yeah, and just in a way that I guess it makes the person feel kind of self-conscious about maybe, she, like, even their own physical image and everything. Has she done but this to your kids? No. So your wife is saying, what if she does this to our yeah. kids? Well, yeah, my, I think it's because she addressed it more recently with her and said, hey, this is how this negatively impacted me. Like, I've heard that you've done this with other people in the family. I want you to know this negatively impacted me. How did that react? like... She just said, well, you know, but maybe that prevented you, like, well, it seems like you turned out well enough, and maybe that prevented you from doing wrong. So the the end is is saying, I didn't mess you up, I actually helped you. Yeah. Well, your wife is faced with a choice. Is she going to say, I don't want my aunt around these kids, or if she does something like this, I'll do damage control with my kids... And I'll recognize that she may be capable of doing this, but so far she hasn't been too bad. It mm. sounds it sounds like your wife is very strongly reacting to this emotionally because she's still mm-hmm. carrying this from twenty years ago. Yeah. I and would I, say this I'd so say this go ahead. 
Oh no, sorry. I was I was just going to ask. So, do you think like I guess my thought was generally, yeah, if the parents, if we kind of if we heard anything, and then we could talk to the kids about it, and they'd be fine. That's the way I'd handle it. I wouldn't. I I guess I wouldn't be. Stay right there because I want to. I want to add to this. Okie doke. Stay right there. Don't leave me. Eight seven seven fifty seven equal. Doctor Ray. That's the number. Show is taking a break. One of many. Good to have you with me, Dr. Ray Garendi. Program the doctor is in. Good Lord permitting, Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, I get a chance to talk with you right now. Talking to a father from Nebraska. His wife had an experience with her aunt back when aunt made comments about her her dress and the wife the wife took it hard. She didn't she didn't view it as okay, that's my aunt's opinion. She's giving me her opinion. The wife reacted, which is kind of parallel to something that I said in the monologue, which is you don't know how anybody's going to react to your opinion. Well, apparently this is still kind of reverberating for our caller's wife because she's sensitive. She's confronted this aunt. She told her, uh, word around the street is, you've done this with some of the other kids. You've made comments, given your opinion about either how they're being raised or how they're being dressed, what, whatever it might be, their personality, something. And wife says, I don't want her doing that to our kids. Now, our caller says well, she hasn't done it to the kids yet. Wife is just nervous that she might. However, wife has also told the aunt, this is how I was affected, and I'm hoping you don't do that to our kids. Dad, you still there? Yep. I would ask your wife, what exactly do you think would happen to one of our kids if your aunt gave an opinion about something? Do you think that would damage the kids? Yeah, I think that is. I think that is the fear that, in the way that it negatively impacted her, which she said for her, it you know left her with uh, just being self-conscious about her appearance, and then she's afraid that would be the same with the kids, and she's like, I don't want them to have to deal with that. She's assuming that the kids are going to have the exact same reaction she did. Mm-hmm. My daughter who was involved with the group once, and my other daughter was involved with the group. The one daughter was really bothered by the group. My other daughter said, they're weird. And that was the extent of her being bothered by that group. So everybody reacts to it differently. So that's one thing I would try to comfort your wife with. How you reacted is not necessarily how our kids are going to react. That's one. Two, we are here to do damage control if this is something that bothers the kids. Maybe your wife didn't have anybody do damage control for her. I don't know. That's two. So you can tell your wife, we're here. We, we can handle this. And, and three, I would ask your wife, how many years ago was this? Was it, was it just one comment? Or was this something that your aunt repeatedly said 
Because if it was just a comment or two, and that bothered your wife so much that she became self-conscious about her appearance, I would, I would, I would ask her, i say, why, honey, is that still bothering you? It's, it's a, a woman who made some comments. Maybe they were legit. Maybe they weren't. But you took them to heart. And it's, and it's, can you explain to me, help me understand, why is that still bothering you 22 years later? I would ask that. But that's me. Yeah, I think, I think she would say it wouldn't bother her as much if, uh, if, if this was the kind of thing where it was like, oh, I see, I see what I did wrong, you know? And, you know, like, yeah, I should have addressed things differently. I'm sorry. But instead it was like, well, no, I think I, you know, it probably helps you more than hurt you in the end. <laughs> well, and again, so so that's the aunt's opinion. The aunt's opinion mm-hmm. is, I did this to help you. You seem like a wonderful human being. You look like a wonderful mother. So whatever you said I did to you and made you self-conscious about whatever, that didn't happen. And mm-hmm. your wife said, she needs to understand what she did. Well, that's the yeah. other question I would have for your wife. Honey, why is it bothering you so much that she doesn't understand how you reacted? Yeah. <laughs> so, the, the, for me, the, the bigger question is, is, just, is this just an isolated incident, or is your wife easily bothered by the opinions that other people give? Yeah, I think she might say it's a little bit of a mixture of that. <laughs> she can be more easily bothered, but then also, I think this did happen on more than one occurrence kind of throughout her adolescent years. I guess I would try to, in any way that you could, if you've got the influence, I'd say, honey, that was years ago. That was her opinion. That was how she saw it. Okay. So? Yeah. I think she's just upset because she's like, well, you shouldn't talk like that to people. You shouldn't. Like, that's, you know, that's not right. Even though she thinks it's right. Well, the bottom line is this. Uh, I know all kinds of things people shouldn't talk like about. But they do. <laughs> if we if yeah. we live our lives with the idea that you shouldn't have said that, we are going to be unpredictably miserable. Because all kinds of people say stuff they shouldn't say. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the that's one of the the biggest frustrations, the biggest hurts, the biggest disappointments that people have is when somebody says something, I can't believe they said that. There's no way they should have said that. Well, what you're saying is they're always going to say things that you find appropriate. That's not the world. So maybe maybe you could help your wife just understand people can say all kinds of things. And how we react to them is, is really in our power. Good luck, my friend. Thank you. I'll talk to you. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get onto the program. Sean, I know you're there. Stay right there. Don't go away because I'm going to bump up against the clock here in about a minute. So I just want to add a little bit. One of the most perfected ways to keep yourself unpredictably upset is to expect 
that other people are always going to say things that you find appropriate, that you find fair, that you find kind, that you find charitable, that you find tolerant, that you find open-minded, on and on and on and on. That's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. I know that I'm among that group. I don't always say what I should say in the way that I should say it. Do you? So once you become very sensitive to others, other people's words that can disturb you, the only thing you have to worry about is what they say true. That's what you got to consider. If in your best judgment, and again, we're not exactly the most objective when it comes to ourselves, but if in your best judgment what they're saying is not true, then you realize you can't stop what people say. 877-57-EQUAL, 877-573-7825. The time goes too fast. I just came from Texas, so I've been practicing. Thanks for joining me here. Doctor is in. Sean from New York, which is where I'm heading. Uh, Larchmont, good Lord permitting, heading up to Larchmont on Saturday. Hold on. Let me find the name of the parish. I think I got it here. It is St. Augustine in Larchmont, New York. Noon, luncheon with the bishop, and then we got some presentations and Q&As at St. Augustine, Larchmont. Sean has a comment. Hi, Sean. Hey, doctor. How are you? Okay, sir. Um, yeah, just uh, with regard to not being, you know, in control of how people are going to react to our comments or things we might say, um, and that last caller about, you know, concerned about comments that his daughters might hear from an aunt, or it could be, it doesn't have to be from an aunt, it could be from someone in school or future men they're going to be in relationships with. We don't have control over these things, but just could you could you reiterate things that you've said in the past about how, well, this world has us in defense mode and always on edge and, you know, like we need to be kind of on the offense. Um, like men need to, we, we can't be in control of these things, of, you know, how, how our children react to other people's comments, but we can build them up and tell them, hey, you know, you're lovable. I love you. You're great. You look great. Um, These are things like fathers tell their daughters, you know, who they are and their worth, not some other man. So, you know, it's like if we're we're on the offense and we're explaining to our daughters, you know, because they're going to take our, they're going to take our opinion of them before other men. So what is our opinion? Or do we have one? Or do they know what it is? You know, if you could comment on that, like I know you've spoke about it before, but 
we need to kind of be out there and um yeah, be on the offense. Like not lawyers, be afraid to talk, not be afraid lawyers to share idea. We'll tell you that anybody can sue anybody for just about anything. <clears throat> Doesn't mean the case has merit. There's a much broader truth. Anybody can say anything to anybody about anything. Doesn't mean what they say has merit. We have become a prickly, hypervigilant, hypersensitive people to comments that others make. You're absolutely right. To help our children be a little more durable in the face of the stuff that's going to come out of, come at them out there, especially in the form of words, a solid self-image. How do you get a solid self-image? Not what the experts think. Solid self-image is, I love you unconditionally, God loves you unconditionally, you are infinitely valuable because God says so, not because you say so. Therefore, if you have infinite value as declared by the God of the universe, then what people say that could hurt your feelings or could bother you or annoy you doesn't have quite the power. Now, I know there are those thinking, Sean, right now, Dr. A, you can't just snap your fingers and not be bothered by what people say. People say hurtful things. People say nasty things. People say assaultive things. They say mean things. Of course they do. Of course they do. That may be their intent. But it doesn't have to have the emotional power that they want it to have. We have to give it that emotional power. So you're right. I think that one of the best things a parent can give a kid is the understanding that other kids are going to say things hurtful, mean, nasty, goofy, stupid. That's going to happen. It's going to happen a lot. As long as the world has people in it, it's going to happen a lot. The only thing we have to worry about, as I said, is it true? If it's not, if we make our best judgment, it's not true, then we have to work real hard at not upsetting ourselves over what people say. You, you know, it's interesting because anybody that's on the radio will tell you some of the nastiest emails you can get from people. And these are folks who call themselves Christians. Nasty, nasty stuff. Because you said something they didn't like. Or you said something they didn't agree with. Or you said something that they thought was just terrible because they misinterpreted it. Now, if that bothered radio people... They would quit. Who, who wants to hear that? Um, I just asked one question. Is what this person's saying true? If it ain't... Now, I don't know how to spell that. That's probably what I shouldn't... I, I probably shouldn't email back. But, I understand what you're saying, Sean. Um, we, are, we are... Well, and I don't want to ramble on too much about this, but... Words like trigger, that's a trigger remark. Words like dog whistle. These kinds of things just basically say you have to really be aware. Super.
super sensitive to anything anybody might imply in any way about you. Yeah, we've we've created that kind of mindset culturally, and it's not been a good thing for people, especially kids. I hope I summarized it a little bit, Sean. Kind of, kind of pontificated a long time there. I lost Sean. I put him to sleep. I put Sean yeah, to sleep. I'm still here. Oh, okay. I'm here. <laughs> All right. No, that was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much. This is Dr. A. We'll come back here. Uh, well, I imagine you assume we'll come back here. I have no intention of not coming back. The doctor is in. Now, don't you feel better? Unveiling the Covenant is the newest program from Ave Maria Radio. What is a covenant? It's a vowed exchange of lives which results in an unbreakable family bond. Throughout Scripture, God seeks to espouse all mankind to Himself in an unbreakable covenant bond. His covenantal love is a free gift, but it necessitates a response from us. We are free to accept or reject it. Let's learn what this means as we unveil the covenants. Saturday mornings at 11 and Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. I posted on Facebook that it's not about wanting what you believe to be true. It's about seeking truth and believing in it. We know as Christians that real truth, with a capital T, comes from Scripture, the Word of God, from Christ our Lord. He is the only truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. A Facebook friend responded to my post with, I already made up my mind. I can't be bothered with the truth. Well, that comment bothered me for days. He summed up in one statement what has contributed to the breakdown in this country. People don't want truth. They desperately want what they believe to be true. I've added to my prayers this one. Dear God, please let people see truth, hear truth, so that they may speak truth. It's not about what we want to believe. It's about what God has shared with us in Scripture. His truth is the only truth. So let's let that truth lead us. This has been a Christ Center communication message. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo, a communications evangelist. Ciao, amici. Teresa Tamio here. If you're looking for something inspiring to give to someone this Christmas season, or maybe just a little stocking stuffer for yourself, make sure to check out the Ave Maria Radio online store. Plenty of books are sale to teach, inspire, and renew your connection with God. Speaking of sales, my book, Everything's Coming Up Rosie, is 25% off this month while supplies last. So go ahead over to AveMariaRadio.net and click on the bookstore. Happy shopping. I was watching uh, a few minutes of a football game last Sunday, and I realized something, that football combines the two of the worst features of American life, violence and committee meetings, all there in one place. Kelly, calling from uh, Portland, Oregon, Modern Day E-Radio, one of the oldest, if not the oldest, Catholic radio station in the country. Hi, Kelly. Hey, yeah. Hello, Doc. Uh, this is that Navy uh, corpsman that called you about a year ago due to brain surgery. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, my doctor, and this is what I'm wrestling with because I'm, you know, pretty much recovering, released from the surgical side of it, have never gone to a counseling like meeting with you until I called you about two months or 
well, in the beginning of it. But um, one of the offer me doing the unemployment due to the, you know, amygdala and the Broca's area, which I'm sure you know about. For speech, um, my friend. Yeah, and emotions. And I'm really having a problem accepting that offer. And I'm, I guess I'm just trying to ask you if that's just pride or... Now, now, when you say I mean, I an offer, emotions in one of them, so it's not my amygdala. <laughs> well, yeah, the amygdala is the, the, the kind of the rage center of the brain. What? What? Uh, now, what's this offer again? She wanted to offer me. Uh, I mean, I'm 100 percent disabled with the with the Navy and the VA for like last 30 years or whatever. It got worse, but she wants to offer or agrees to do Social Security. I'm only 53, and. I just wonder if I'm just being prideful. I mean, I'll ask her again, but Social I mean, Security disability. She's saying that uh, she can she can make a strong case that you are unable yeah. to work in any way. Yeah, that's what she said. Are you I'm unable to work in any way? Um, I have, due to this, I've been out for about two years due to the car accident. Um, but I'm going to get my driver's license back. So that's what I'm wrestling with is, you know, maybe doctors are on a different thing, but I just don't want to be prideful, you know? Well, I don't know if it's a matter of pride. It could be just a matter of assessment, which is you're saying to yourself, I'm, I'm exactly, <laughs> I'm sensing some of my uh, capability coming back. Now, I don't know. Are you, are you orthopedically handicapped? No, I'm not. Okay. I mean, I have old Navy injuries from a grand mall out of my shoulder and stuff. I mean, I'm not going to be doing the gym. You know? But you're but thinking, so is she saying that your thinking is not sharp like it was? That uh, your ability uh, to I comprehend would, and... Con yeah. uh, I can comprehend, and that's what the chief neurosurgeon said in the team is, you know, consider it joy that it's just the Broca area rather than that back area that takes all the input. Um, it's just uh, I kind of get wordy, you know, kind of like what I did with your your teammate taking the call today. You know, well, Kelly, there's all there's obviously a lot of things you could do, don't you think? I mean, with the range of possible employment out there, you aren't. You yeah, aren't and that's why I'm. <laughs> So I'm calling you. She just said that yesterday, and I'm like, "Do I see something, or she, I don't see something she sees?" Well, yeah. you so you know I, you probably you know your capabilities probably better than she does. You yeah. know on a day to day basis how you think, how you concentrate, how you can attend, how you use words. You know that. You don't have yeah, to have. A, yeah. yeah, you don't have to have a kind of job that is heavily word oriented. You can have a job that yeah, that's is what I was thinking, yeah. that is all kinds of it's physical. Uh, you you can it yeah. would seem. I mean, I don't know. I don't know your situation, so I can't say. But it no, would I, seem I that if you're physically capable, there's a exactly. lot of things you could do. And if you say to yourself, "If I go on Social Security disability, I'm going to be limited in what I can make," which I think the way yes, it is. And that's what I also researched that yesterday afternoon. So that's even yeah. And the other thing is this, what would it do to your sense of purpose if you say to yourself at age 53, I've just decided I'm never going to work again? 
what would that do? Well, you I would Navy? Yeah, I'd go into volunteering. I'd go into, you know, doing something. But if I can work for income, I'd rather work. Well, but I'm sure you've met many people that have a worse disability than me that are younger. And yeah, of course. I'm assuming. I, I, I've seen seriously developmentally disabled people that are working. Now, again, they might not be working in in a heavy, heavy uh, competitive kind of area, but... I I don't know what your what your limits are, but if you're saying to me I can still I can still navigate, I can still do things. I'm physically strong, I'm healthy. Then mm-hmm. I don't know why you would say, nah, I don't think I want to go on SSD yet. Mm. That's up. I mean, okay. that's up to you. Well, I can't yeah, tell you what to do. Yeah. But. No, I know it's only been like two months after the surgery, and she offered that, and that's why I'm calling. So, but you're the only. But psychologist, I probably should go to one after all this, but they didn't offer it to me. So you were the man and the brother in Christ from the get-go about a year ago. Okay, well, this maybe Corman's going to think it over. That's a, that's, that's, that's a good idea, sir. That's a good idea. Good luck okay. to you. Keep me informed. Keep me informed. Well, don't have too much time left, so I'm going to close up shop here. i got about a minute and a half. Not a whole lot I can do in a minute and a half. Let me see what I've got over here in the stack. This is something that the, the C.S. Lewis said. This was in a grief observed. He was talking about the death of his wife. He had been married to her for four years. He thought he was a confirmed bachelor. He says, can a mortal ask questions which God finds unanswerable? Now you think, oh, no, God can answer everything. It's not true. Lewis says, quite easily, I should think. All nonsense questions are unanswerable. How many hours are there in a mile? Is yellow... Square or round? Lewis says, probably half the questions we ask, half our great theological and metaphysical problems are like that. It's true. We come up with stuff that there are no answers to because the questions make no sense. Happens a lot. My son was telling me today he got into a uh, conversation on a chat group, and the kid said after... Here in Ohio, they they crushed uh, the uh, proposal. No, they didn't. They, they they passed it. They crushed the pro life people, fifty seven to forty two. They made it into our constitution, tragically so. And uh, the kid said, "Well, anything that's legal is moral." That was his point. And my son said, "Yeah." Slavery was legal at one time. Okie dokie. Thanks for joining me here. Doctor is in. Doctor is gone. Walk with God. The true walk. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.